This is Brian Hill, and you're listening to The Night Nerd. Welcome to The Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. It's Friday, so we're going to talk about what you want to talk about. All week, we've been celebrating butlers. One of the kids from Mr. Belvedere had a birthday... And I remembered I loved Mr. Belvedere, so that's what we've been talking about. We've looked at their roles, you know, in video games and movies, um, looked at Alfred in comic books, and even Mr. Belvedere himself. And it's been pretty interesting, pretty fascinating. But we've mentioned that we're going to talk about the origin of the butler. And that's what we're going to do for Thursday's show. But then we got to talking about Mr. Belvedere. So today we're going to look at where the butler comes from and what their role is and everything. The word butler actually comes from the word back in like old French and Italian and everything, uh, bottle. Because back in the day, that's what they were in charge of. Uh, a big part of their job was maintaining like the wine selection and serving drinks at events and get togethers and stuff. So, Bottle, Baltier, uh, Boutelier, Butler is basically kind of how we got to this point. So that, I, I never knew that. I mean, now that I know that, it seems pretty obvious. But, you know, it's one of those just cool little facts that it's what we're here for, you know. Hopefully teaching things or you take something away. But Butlers have been around since ancient times. I mean, way back in, like, ancient Greece and Rome... Uh, when they started doing the bottles and stuff, the they weren't wine and stuff wasn't in glass bottles like we know today. It was in like wooden barrels or uh, like clay pots, stuff like that. And so they were having to be maintained a little more, kind of taken care of. And a lot of the stuff was pretty valuable back then. You know, somebody, if they had a huge wine collection, they usually meant they were really rich, and part of their riches was tied to that wine collection. Even in the Bible, in Genesis, as far back as Genesis, it talks about, um, Joseph talks about Pharaoh having a chief cupbearer or a chief butler, and that, so even ancient Egyptians had that too. They, now, sometimes, um, well, most of the time, it was usually a slave who was in charge of it. But there were a few occasions where there, it would be um, a free person, and kind of depending on what, the, you know, like if their parents were a butler, but then they were free, well, a lot of times they would go into the family business, uh, as they say, and... Really around, like, the medieval time is when butler, the actual, you know, word butler came about and started to be used because they were taking care of, uh, you know, all the, the bottles and stuff. And when, during this time, the butler was kind of the, the run of the mill, like, they weren't, they were important, but not that important. They were kind of in the middle of the servants, you know, because that that was it, you know, wine and sometimes the pantry, but 
I mean, unless, of course, you know, you worked for the the king and queen, then you were actually had some other responsibilities and things. But going forward in, like, Elizabeth and Victorian eras, they became more and more popular, uh, more and more prevalent. And during this time, the butler would actually rise up to be considered kind of the senior male servant of the staff. They're the ones that everybody reported to, that, you know, they ran the show, made sure everything was good to go. And what's neat, though, is butlers, you know, they yes, they ran the show. You know, other people had to do stuff. Like, they're, butlers are the ones who would announce, you know, now presenting the Maharaja of Nevada. It's a little Shanghai Nights reference right there. But there was a footman there also who would take the person's jacket from them and give it back to them. But as we've looked at all week long, you know, about butlers helping and stuff, if there was somebody out sick or things were busy, the butler would gladly jump over and help wherever they needed to be because, you know, it was really kind of on them to make sure everything ran well and that things were were going smoothly. So, of course, they're going to, you know, step up and help. And as it uh, went on, like I said, they were kind of the the it people in Victorian England. And just like any other thing, America had to copy what the British did. And going back as far as like the early 1600s, uh, African Americans in slavery were used as servants, and some of them were butlers. Now, this, obviously, this is bad. Slavery is bad. But something cool kind of came out of this situation. Uh, back in, like, the Confederacy, there was an African-American butler named Robert, Robert Roberts who wrote a book called The House Servants Directory. And what it was was a how-to guide for waiters and butlers and house staff. And it was one of the first... Uh, like major published by a commercial U.S. publisher, books by an African-American. And it was so popular that it got three printings, uh, first in 1827, another in 1828, and a third in 1843. So the, the fact that, you know, it kind of gave a uh, podium almost to speak on and talk and be acknowledged was, was kind of neat. And cool. And uh, that's kind of how things were for a while, up until about World War One. So around World War One, there was a huge decline in domestic services. They, huge in Europe and even bigger in the U.S. But by World War Two, there's still about 30,000 butlers employed in Britain. And then by the mid-80s, though, there was like 100, probably less than 100. And uh, historians and economists and economists, sorry, and all those type of people, they have this theory that the higher number of domestic workers that there, there are, is directly proportionate to a high level of socioeconomic inequality. So the more that those lines divide, the more that there's servants and workers and everything. And so 
In the 80s, that it wasn't that huge of a thing. But now, they said that since the new millennium, the, the numbers are just skyrocketing again. Everybody's wanting a butler because there's more millionaires and billionaires. And you have people you know, in Asia, in India, in the Middle East wanting that European butler. And they just keep going on and on and on. And it's, I think that puts a lot into that theory of the socioeconomic divide in that we are, you know, getting all these people. But the modern butler, you know, it's not the all prim and proper stuff, especially here in the States. They'll wear like a polo and slacks, you know, or some khakis or something and uh, dress up if they need to for an occasion. But yeah, you know, for there to be under 100 in the 80s, in 2007, there was over 5,000. So look at that growth there. That That's a market that, I don't know, if you want to make sure you have a job, I guess, go be a butler. And there's all sorts of butler schools and programs and everything, which is kind of cool. But it's just really fascinating when you look at, like, the rise and fall and rise of the butler. And they also say a lot of that is due to Downton Abbey. People want that kind of life and things, but I, I don't know. I don't think TV shows are that influential, but I could be wrong. Uh, let me know, does Downton Abbey make you want a butler? Are you a butler? Even better. Let us know in the comments below here on SoundCloud. Email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. Or just hit us up on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look for The Night Nerd. We're out there. I would love to talk to everybody. But otherwise, that's going to do it for us today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you all so much for listening. And join us next week when we talk all about The Joker. Streaks on the china Never met it before Who cares When you drop kicked your jacket As you came through the door